called in Orchestraville. Orchestraville? Where's that? You change, you change four score and seven to, to 87? A landing was made this morning on the coast of France by troops of the Allied Expeditionary Force. I don't blame them for dyeing your hair, I said, but they waited too long to embalm it. Time now for spinning my dad's vinyl. Here with all his skips, scratches, and pops is my dad, Frank Baccarello. Thanks, sweetie, and thank you for tuning into episode 104 of Spinning My Dad's Vinyl. Let me start out with a Merry Christmas to all of you who celebrate. No matter what your thoughts are on this holiday, even I have to admit, whether it be secular music or not, this season has brought about some of the most beautifully written and joyous music there is. So, gather around the fire and get ready to hear about Vaccarello Christmas's past while listening to several talented Northeast Ohio high school choirs in Volume 104, A Cleveland Christmas. start in a western suburb of Cleveland, the Lakewood High School Choir with Now is the Caroling Season. It was written by Dorothy Priesing, directed by Thelbert R. Evans, who was also the music director. Principal of the school was Malon Provenmeyer, and superintendent was Dr. William Edwards. Okay, why this album for this episode? Well, my dad had at least a couple of dozen albums of music for this time of year. Most of them are filled with the popular voices singing the popular seasonal tunes, with a surprise here and there, but this was a special find. This record is filled with local choirs with little or no instrumental accompaniment. And since local was the city and the suburbs of the big city I identify with Cleveland, it made it all the more special. And since this episode drops on Christmas Day, I am currently enjoying celebrating with my family in the old family homestead since one of my nephews bought my dad's house. It also gives me a few moments to reflect on Christmas's past, like 
when we spent Christmas Eve's at my dad's parents. My grandmother cooked up a feast to feed at least 14 people, and that's where the count ended up with my aunt and her family of matching size to ours. Yes, there were the seven kinds of fishes to choose from, and yes, I ate many of them, but <laughs> definitely not all. I'm a pasta and meatball kind of guy. Then we would spend an hour opening up presents while my grandfather captured the moment on his Kodak Duoflex, the one I have in my hand, if you happen to be watching the video version. After that, we would join neighbors as we lit candles in paper bags that sat along the sidewalk to offer motorists a brightly lit path, which would on some years be covered in snow. As the oldest of the grandkids, it was my job to identify and put out the fires the candles mixed with paper bags were known to start. I think we changed to uh, cut plastic bottles in later years. Then we would gather on the front room in the front room of the house for carols as my grandmother played along on the organ and led the singing. But I don't believe we ever sang this next song. And if you had to beat it out of me, I'd say this is my favorite Christmas tune.
It's the Cathedral Latin High School Glee Club with Carol of the Drum, of course, better known as Little Drummer Boy. It was composed by Catherine K. Davis, directed by Brother Donald Bacardi. Principal was Reverend James McKay. Superintendent of Cleveland Catholic Diocese Schools was Right Reverend Monsignor Clarence Elwell. And Supervisor of Music was Evelyn Sable. Now, those last two will be the same for all Catholic schools that uh, perform on this episode. And if you get a chance to see the version going around on the internet from For King and Country, check it out. Little Drummer Boy. Explosive. And... I also like to point out the vast majority of musicians in my family are drummers. Yes, my dad and I played the trumpet. My brother, his three boys, and my sister's son, who is currently studying percussion at Baldwin Wallace University. Uh, percussion ensemble performances are some very interesting concerts. Okay, let me tell you about my dad's vinyl. I have chosen for this episode various choirs, Christmas in Cleveland, a collection of seasonal music by 16 outstanding Greater Cleveland High School choral groups dedicated to the Society for the Crippled Children. It's on the Delta Records of Ohio label. There was no number, although the engraving in the runout is XCTV84680 on side one and 81 on side two. It's a vinyl LP format, was released in 1962, so yep. 60 years ago. Its genre is folk, world, and country, and its style is religious. And we will hear eight of the 16 songs on this album. Now, there are no real liner notes. The back is covered with the photos of the choir directors, along with a ton of information about the music and the choirs, which I'm already reading to you. But I did want to read this. This record is dedicated to the Society for Crippled Children. The Society for Crippled Children is grateful to the high school choral groups participating in this album because net proceeds from the sale of this record will provide hope and help to greater Cleveland youngsters who need the Society's vital rehabilitation services. A member of the Health Fund of Greater Cleveland, the Society for Crippled Children, is dedicated to serving handicapped boys and girls regardless of race, creed, color, or cause of their physical disability. Some of the major rehabilitation programs in the United States, the Society operates an East Side Center, West Side Center, and Camp Cheerful in Strongsville, Ohio, which is still there. Uh, there is a special department for homebound children, and education, parent counseling, medical clinics are all just a few of the services included in the Society's direct care program. And I will have clarifying information in this episode's interesting side note. Okay, let's see what prices this record is being sold at on Discogs.com. Well, looky here, it's never been sold, and I am one of only six people on the site who have it in their collection. Uh, I couldn't find a copy on eBay or Amazon, so it seems to be pretty rare. My dad's record is in fair condition, Plenty of crackling, so he must have pulled this one out a lot during the holidays. The cover is in great condition. The plastic coating has protected the cover really well. The cover, by the way, is a green-hued photo of Public Square with the terminal tower dominating the center. It was once the tallest building in the Midwest. Now it's not even the tallest building on the square in Cleveland. I think this is a rare find, and I'll value my dad's vinyl at $10. 
Okay, now for another suburban Cleveland high school choir. The Cleveland Heights High School Choir with Oh Holy Night. It is a traditional song, so not sure who wrote it. It was directed by George F. Strickling with music director John F. Farinacci. Now, I need to take a quick note here that I was not able to determine if he was related. My dad's 
mom is a Farinacci. The principal of the school was Paul Nash, and superintendent was Dr. Theos Anderson. Well, I talked about Christmas Eve dinners at my grandparents, but nothing compared to the Christmas Day feasts my parents put on. Uh, The food came in waves. First, there were all the appetizers, including the shrimp I was responsible for in later years. There would be all sorts of dips and cheeses for crackers and bread. And, of course, the bar was open. Then it was time for a toast before we wandered off to the table for part two, the anapasto. The course was an adventure to get to the table. It started the week before with my parents trucking to Aleshi's, the Italian grocery store originally in Mayfield and now in Wycliffe, Ohio. I still head up there when I want some good Italian deli meats uh, or really good ricotta. My dad would build the two trays the day before, being extra careful to make each tray identical, even if that meant eating some of the strays. Each tray would sit at each end of the long table we needed to accommodate up to 18 of us on any given Christmas. My mouth is already watering as I know my sister and brother-in-law are responsible for that tradition this year. (laughs) A short break was necessary to clear out the antipasta plates and finish preparing the main part of the feast, which included all sorts of sides, potatoes, vegetables, rolls, and usually a rather large roast beef. Now, my dad has his connections and would get a really large and good cut. And in what would become tradition the last several years, I myself would cut the roast beast. And last but not least, after the table was collapsed and the furniture was moved back into the living room, after the more than an hour it took to hand out and unwrap all those presents, we would finally get to a table full of sweet goodies. The highlight of these being my dad's rum cake. Friends and relatives would travel from a little far and wide to partake in the cake, (laughs) so much so that he was making two each year. And this process was always the same when spooning the rum sugar mixture that made it moist, a teaspoon for the cake, and a teaspoon for my dad. (laughs) Those were some of my favorite traditions. And next up, we'll hear about a Cleveland area Cleveland tradition after we hear from another Cleveland area Catholic choir.
the Holy Name High School Choir with Ring Christmas Bells, composed by Mikola Leonovich, directed by Sister Bernard Agnes. Principal was Reverend George Epley, and they are a part of the Catholic Diocese of Cleveland. And part of the Cleveland Christmas tradition was Mr. Jingling, keeper of the keys to Santa's workshop. Mr. Jingling was originally sponsored by Halley's, a local department store. He served as the, as the store's Christmas season spokesman on television and also acted as Santa's representative in the store. Mr. Jingling became the keeper of the keys as a reward for saving Christmas when Santa lost the key to his treasure house of toys. Jingling saved the day by making a new key. Mr. Jingling was created in 1956 by Frank Jacoby, head of a Chicago advertising agency, to promote the toys sold at Halley's Department Store in Cleveland. This was originally planned as a one-time promotion for the 1956 holiday season, but was immediately popular and became an annual tradition. Mr. Jingling was Santa's top elf, who counted down the days from Thanksgiving to Christmas for Santa. He wore a green and gold costume with a wide black belt and carried a large key ring with all the keys for Santa's workshop. He had white hair like Santa, but was bald on top and had no beard. He could be found between Thanksgiving and Christmas on the seventh floor of Halley's. After Halley's closed in 1982, Mr. Jingling moved to Santa Land on the tenth floor of Higby's department store. Children could sit on his lap and tell Mr. Jingling what they wanted for Christmas, knowing he had a direct connection to Santa. At the end of the visit, he gave each child a large cardboard key. The children were told to put the key under their pillow on Christmas Eve. This would help them fall asleep and have good dreams while waiting for Santa to come. During the Christmas season, Mr. Jingling also appeared for a five-minute daily segment on the Captain Penny local children's television series on WEWS-TV Channel 5, where he would tell stories and sing songs about the North Pole. His appearances began and ended with the Mr. Jingling advertising jingle, which reminded children that he could be seen in person on the seventh floor of Halley's department store. Several actors have portrayed Mr. Jingling over the years, most notably Earl Keyes, quite aptly named, who took over in 1965, acquired the copyright for the character in the 1980s when Higby's, which took over for Halley's, went out of business, and made his last appearance in 1995 at the building that adorns the album cover for this episode, now called Tower City Center. Greg Benedetto is now playing the role of Mr. Jingling, making public appearances throughout Northeast Ohio. He still hands out cardboard keys just like the ones from Halley's, singing songs, telling stories, and keeping the tradition alive for generations old and new. Next up, a choir from a high school named after an early U.S. Supreme Court Chief Justice.
the John Marshall High School Choir with Christmas Was Meant for Children. Written by Gordon Goodman, arranged by Holly Addis, directed by Helen L. Bradshaw. John Marshall is part of the Cleveland Public Schools, whose superintendent was Dr. William Levinson, and director of music was Ernest Manring. Okay, time now for this episode's interesting side note, and it has to do with the children and the organization this album was raising funds for. In 1907, Ohio businessman Edgar Allen lost his son in a streetcar accident. The lack of adequate medical services available to save his son prompted Allen to sell his business and begin a fundraising campaign to build a hospital in his hometown of Elyria, Ohio, a western suburb of Cleveland. Through this new hospital, Allen was surprised to learn that children with disabilities were often hidden from public view. Inspired to make a difference, in 1919, Allen founded the National Society for Crippled Children, the first organization of its kind. In the spring of 1934, the organization launched its first Easter Seals campaign to raise money for its services. To show their support, donors placed the seals on envelopes and letters. Cleveland Plain Dealer cartoonist J.H. Donahue designed the first seal. Donahue based the design on a concept of simplicity because those served by the charity asked simply for the right to live a normal life. The lily a symbol of spring, was officially incorporated as the National Society for Crippled Children's logo in 1952 for its association with new life and new beginnings. The overwhelming public support for the Easter Seals campaign triggered a nationwide expansion of the organization and a swell of grassroots efforts on behalf of people with disabilities. By 1967, the Easter Seal was so well recognized, the organization formally adopted the name Easter Seals. Through their national network of affiliates, Easter Seals provides essential services and on-the-ground support to more than 1.5 million people each year. From early childhood programs for the critical first five years, autism services, medical rehabilitation and employment programs, to veterans, services, and more. So yes, this Christmas album was truly meant for children. And while we no longer use the term for the original organization, the awareness it helped raise has helped millions. Next up, I'll tell you about the holiday lights of the North Coast. Yeah. 
the Magnificat High School Senior Choir with Adeste Fidelis, which has been attributed to various authors, including John Francis Wade, who lived from 1711 to 1786, John Redding, who lived 1645 to 1692, King John IV of Portugal, 1604 to 1656, and anonymous Cistercian monks. Those are the kind of rabbit holes I go down sometimes when I try to identify composers. It was arranged by the Reverend Russell Davis, directed by Sister Mary Dominica. Uh, its principal of the school was Sister Honora, and this school was a part of the Catholic Diocese of Cleveland. Okay, all towns, large and small, have elaborate lighting displays they like to brag about. Cleveland and many towns up and down the southern shore of Lake Erie that we call the North Coast are no exception. One of the oldest traditions is the lights at Neela Park. Situated in East Cleveland, Neela Park is the century-old headquarters for General Electric. I'm sure most of you listening have used a GE light bulb at some time or other. Pretty much everybody has. This year is the 98th annual lighting display, which includes over 500,000 LED lights and stretches along Noble Road in East Cleveland for several blocks. Visitors to Neela Park will also find a replica of the National Christmas Tree. For the 60th year, GE Lighting provided the design and lights for the Washington, D.C. holiday staple as it celebrates its 100th anniversary. Now, I presently have a connection to GE. A few years ago, the commercial and industrial lighting division split off to become what is now current lighting. I now work in that marketing department, making sure web searches return our pages high in the results. And most of my colleagues worked at Neela Park as the new offices were just moved to the Cleveland suburb of Beechwood. And I also have several former co-workers who still work at Neela Park with GE. For nearly 40 years, there has been a large festival held on Public Square, again, part of the photo on the cover of this album, where hundreds of thousands of lights are on display. The festivities come with the lighting of the large Christmas tree, and for many years, members of the Cleveland Orchestra perform in the square for that lighting. One of my daughters and my favorite displays is the drive through Lights on the Lake in Ashtabula, with over 70 display on Lakeshore Park's 54 acres of rolling hills and majestic Lake Erie backdrop. From the operational lift bridge that crosses the, Ap the Ashtabula River just a half mile away and the bocce ball courts from the local Sons of Italy to a skiing Santa and a hot rod being chased by the cops, <laughs> the lights are locally themed. And my favorite is the old spaceship-shaped gas station that used to operate in the city many years ago. By the way, it's only five bucks a car to drive through that. And last but not least, back to Cleveland for a famous light, or should I say, lamp. The leg lamp from the movie A Christmas Story is now determined to be iconic Cleveland. Just remember, caution, fragile. <laughs> By the way, the house from that movie has been turned into a museum that gets thousands of visitors a year. And now, back to the crib.
the Notre Dame Academy Choral Club with To the Manger. Arranged by Catherine K. Davis, directed by Sister Mary Carroll, uh, the principal of the school was Sister Mary Rianne, and they are a part of the Catholic Diocese of Cleveland. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed bringing it to you. I also hope you forgive me for sharing maybe too many memories from my family's Christmas past, but my wish is that you all have those kind of memories to fall back on as well. While the music that emanated from my parents' stereo at dinnertime over the years was mostly that up-tempo, happy music you mostly hear on this show, they had plenty of Christmas music to play during those long holiday meals. So, cheers, Mom and Dad. I hope we continue to carry on the Christmas dinner tradition. We're going to try anyway. So, time now for one last quick ride. Also part of the Catholic Diocese of Cleveland, that was Our Lady of Lords High School Choir with The Sleigh, composed by Ivor Chervenau, Richard Kuntz, and Wallingford Riger. It was directed by Sister Mary St. Gabriel, and the principal of that school was Sister Mary Justile. And there you have selections from a collection of seasonal music by 16 outstanding Greater Cleveland High School choral groups from 1962. So thanks for tuning into Volume 104, A Cleveland Christmas However You Did. If you want more information about this show, head over to SpinningMyDadsVinyl.com. I'll be back next week as we begin Season 3 with all my skips, scratches, and pops for Volume 105, Guys, New Year Tradition. Until then, go with the flow, my friends. (laughs) ¶¶